I love how God uh, is the planner. He brings this kind of message, this kind of tra- transformation as we're speaking and, and engaging each one of us in the transformation that God affords us. And when someone just believes, that's the whole deal. That's what we're going to be talking about today. They're saved. But God provides so much more, and that's the other part for us who are believers, that uh, there, there's a next step. You know, there, there's more that he provides, but none of it is done by our efforts. None of it is about what we can do or what we can accomplish. It's all about what Jesus did and what he has accomplished. And about the fact that, because like Sean said, you know, the Holy Spirit works. We've been given that gift when we believed in Jesus Christ. We were given, according to God's word, the gift of the Holy Spirit to lead us to truth. Unfortunately, like the Corinthian church that Paul addressed, oftentimes we're just satisfied with remaining on the milk of God's word. We're satisfied with the fact that we know we believe in Jesus and he's promised us salvation. None of this is a salvation question because we're not going to doubt what Jesus did on that cross and when he rose again. And it's like, it's phenomenal when we see him at work to know that each one of us, he's at work in our lives. And something inside stirs. And if you know him, you know what I'm talking about. And if he's calling you to go deeper, he provides a way through his word. And if you don't know him, I really believe because God came and we'll talk about that. He came so that all might know him, that they might come to the knowledge of God Almighty, the creator of this universe. Let's not make light of that. And something stirred in in his heart, something stirred in my heart over 50 years ago, and I walked away for 40 of those years so that God could bring me here today to acknowledge that he is the only one that can provide the increase. Make no mistake about it. Any amount of work, any things that you think might do, any way that you add on to life to help God because you believed that's not in this book, that's not in his word, anything that comes from another place other than Jesus Christ, than abiding in him. John 15 reminds us he is the vine and we are the branches and nothing that we do has any eternal heaven meaning except that through which we do in Jesus Christ. It's a journey. I wish I could say it arrived, but boy, I'll tell you what, I'm so encouraged by stories like Sean's and by the fellowship here. And I'm encouraged even by what's going on in the world. In John 16, 33, he said, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world... You will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That's our Lord Jesus, and he meant it. And we can experience that. And of course, there's times when we feel far away from that. And there's times in our lives when there are dark periods, but he's never gone anywhere, and God Almighty has never left us through his son. He holds us in his hand. If you know him, if you believe in him, That's a promise to you. If you don't, it's a promise of what you can have. We had a great night of prayer last night. Uh, We're in the midst of a fast, some of us, 
And uh, so if you hear like a, a, like a rumble, it might be my stomach. In Romans, uh, where we've been so far, it's just such a blessing. And we're really blessed uh, to have had Pastor Randy to, to, for God to use him to bring us to this point where we are prepared to whatever God has for us next. So feel secure in that and in and, and honor what God has done through Pastor Randy by not having any fear or anxiety about the next steps, but knowing that God, as Randy has often said, our best days are ahead of us. Our best days start right now when we are looking to Jesus. In Romans 13, I'm sorry, in, in Romans um, 1 through 15, Romans 1, 1 through 15, we, we've already talked about how Paul describes the content of the gospel. And he concludes that section uh, with his introduction to this letter to Rome by introducing the power, the power of the gospel. The power for those who believe have brought you in here on a Sunday morning and it's beautiful outside and there's probably tons of other things to do. But let me tell you, this message about the power of the gospel is being preached all over this country. There are people who are God has put forth just to share this gospel because that was the purpose that Jesus came. We're going to be talking about the good news today. We're going to be talking about the gospel today. And we're going to be talking about the glory today from these two chapters, uh, from these two verses in chapter 1, and it's verses 16 and 17. So let me read them. For the good news, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in the righteousness of God it is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Romans 1, 16 and 17. It just seems like those words are the first step on the path. This is something that, that Paul knew so deeply. He said to the Corinthians, I'm determined to know nothing amongst you except Jesus Christ and him crucified, the gospel. Later he'll remind, uh, in, in, in Romans, he'll remind people that the way is just to simply believe. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart. These verses later, or earlier in John three sixteen and 17, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through Of time. 
Jesus was evident in the as he stepped on, on the snake, as he, as he abolished him then. Jesus was evident through the prophets. Romans 1.11 says, For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gifts, so that you may be established. When we've come to believe, when we've come to believe, when we acknowledge that God has given us the most amazing gift they could give to anybody, why would he do that for this little speck of sand in this universe. And we even less than that, but he has. He has called us. He's stirred our hearts. He speaks to us from the inside out. He reminds us that we are important, that he loves us. If we're wrong on this, so be it, because I've never had a better life than I experienced with Jesus Christ. And those who believe that I get to share with in fellowship would say the same thing. Look at the world. Look at what's going on. Look at the consequences that happen as a result of choices that we make. So many places God said, you know, I've called you. It's predetermined. The Father has brought you to me. But in the midst of that, in John 6, as uh, Elder Job shared with the men yesterday, he says, but you get to choose. You come. Don't be confused by that. Because our flesh is working against this message of salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. This message that Paul was so blessed to give and to express. Knowing that when you believed in Jesus Christ, you would receive the Holy Spirit. And he was so engaged in presenting that to the people so that they could be established. Well, established means that's where we begin and that there's more. And that's what God's word is all about. It's the the director for our steps. It's the truth that the Holy Spirit will make come alive. It's not just a bunch of words that are about knowledge or not just a bunch of words that open up the door to arguments and theology. Look beyond that because this Holy Spirit, and it's what God wanted to give to the Romans, this Holy Spirit is engaging us in a way that he's leading us to truth. So that the power of our flesh and the power of the world is diminished. Believe me, that power does not exist in Jesus Christ. In Acts 3.26 It says to you first, God, having raised up his servant to Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your your iniquities. Repentance. That's not salvation. Repentance is a result of being saved. It's a gift also. But it's that idea that when we have saved, when we are abiding in Christ, when we've experienced that gift of salvation from God, and the Holy Spirit comes in us, something else begins to happen. And we are turned from our old lifestyles. We become new. As we give testimonies, you know, I, I just know where so many of you have come from because of my role. I sit with you and I hear your stories. I know where God brought me from. If you knew that guy then all of this would make sense, that it's only God who provides an increase, and that God changes us and turns us from who we used to be, and we have been born again, and we are being made new. And in that newness of life, in that rebirth, 
God can use us for his glory. Our sister Sandra this morning, when we were in prayer before this thing, she just, you know, she said, I'm so blessed when God uses us to serve others. And it's such a dynamic difference from our nature of what about me? The flesh, God's spirit. And it truly is a blessing. And, and these things that Paul is bringing to the Romans is the same thing that God is bringing to us today through his word so that we might be transformed, so that little by little he may remove the dross, that he may remove the old man, that he may take these things as he searches our heart and he knows our anxieties and he removes everything in us because he's doing that. And that's where choice comes in. If we're doing the things to hear him, spending alone time, praying, fellowshipping, going to his word, we are what we eat, folks. That's true on a physical level, and it's very, very true on a spiritual level. That's the whole deal with communion. The gospel alone declares that we were saved from the penalty of sin, justification. That we are saved from the power of sin, sanctification. And that we will be saved from the presence of sin, glorification. That's the good news because it's based not on a program. It's not based on a program or, or a church or anything like that, but on a person. The resurrected Jesus living in our hearts, telling me how to live and giving me the power to do what he tells me to do. That's a quote from yeah, Pastor John Corson, but it's from God's word. It's about Jesus. He's empowered us to take those next steps. It all begins with this message that Paul came as he spoke about the gift, the gift that is Jesus Christ, the gift that changes this world. Maybe not in this time, because if you read this word, we're going to go through trials, we're going to go through tribulations, but Jesus has never changed. There will be a time when we will be given a new body and that our lives for eternity will be about worshiping God on his terms of being caretakers of his world as Adam and Eve were before they knew about good and evil. What a promise. The gospel. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, the Jew first and also to the Greek. The Greek stands for everybody that wasn't Jewish, that wasn't part of his chosen people. That's us, if you're not Jewish. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4 says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures. Paul did a lot of work with that Corinthian church. It's a great amount of books of, of sending people straight, sending people back on God's path, according to what he brought to them, what he taught them, what they first believed. And even later, I mean, it just, I see it all the time. I see it in my own life, how... God 
has delivered the simplicity of our next step, prayer, worship, study of his word, not adding to that word. And he's provided for us the Holy Spirit that through Jesus Christ we might know truth. And it's available to all of us because of what his son did on that cross. And that Jesus is the only way that we can receive this gift. But it's not about us adding to that. It's not about us doing more. Believe me, God is going to fill our steps and allow us to serve others and and provide all of these things in this world that will be a light to this world and glorify God through what we do. But when we do those things without him, the eternal impact of what God desires from his people is lost. He told the Ephesians in Revelations, he said, guys, man, you're doing all the good stuff, all kinds of service. You're meeting all the time. You're showing up. You're fellowshipping on and on and on. And he said, but I hold this against you, that you have lost your first love. When we remain in that place with God, things start to happen. The sanctification that is talked about is also a gift, but God works us. He moves us. He puts us into a place that we wake up like Sean and say, God, what do you have for me today? And joyously, prayer has become the central piece of his life. And in that, God can work. It takes us out of ourselves back to this gospel. Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. For the heart, with the heart, one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Not reading anything that says we have to do something else. God so loved the world that he sent his son to do what we couldn't do. That's the history of the world. We easily fall back into that trap today. But we have something different and we are going to be held more accountable. Because we've been given the the gift of the Holy Spirit because of what Jesus has done. Many are called and few are chosen. We say that often. When we choose Jesus, when we choose simply to believe in Jesus, we have been saved. But he also puts on our heart that deep, deep desire to experience the transformation. No longer conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of our minds. And then we will know God's good and pleasing and perfect will for us. From this pulpit, Randy has said, you know, this is all about a time for God to continue and make his will and our will be united. It's in the book if you wonder what that means. It's in the book when we talk about salvation, when we talk about the gospel, that it's a simple thing. Believe in Jesus. Confess with your mouth. That's salvation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have been made new. I don't know about you, but I know that my old man still haunts me. 
and he wants to go back and he wants to remember and he wants to bring the good traits that I thought I had back then forward with me. Well, no, God has made us completely new. Those gifts that, that are spoken about from up here, those, those plans that God has for us are dependent upon the new man, the spiritual man. We worship God in truth and spirit because God is spirit. Make no mistake about that. I don't know what you're hearing, but I know however God is stirring your heart because none of us are going to give you any of the tools that, that are going to take you forward that next step with God. We are here to equip and encourage, but only God is really going to provide that increase. We are here to plant seeds and to water. And that's what we do one to another. And that's why, you know, loving God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind become the purpose of our life. And from that, loving others. That's an amazing thing that God affords us, folks. Uh, it just it drives me to my knees more than I ever wanted to get on my knees. But I'm so grateful that God is that powerful and that God takes us like any of you. You all have your story. Sean had his story. Tony had his story. Randy has his story. I have my story. But it means nothing if we don't embrace being born again. He told Nicodemus, unless you're born again, you cannot see heaven. Those are the words from our Savior. When we stop, we meditate on those words. Some of the things that we try to hold on to and to help God with don't hold the same weight that they did. I struggled with something for a long time, the you know, structure and order in our churches. But then God opened my eyes and said, well, you're just judging the church in a way that I don't. What I'm talking about is spiritual and structure in order. He is a God of order that he will provide. And it's changed my relationship to how I can serve you, how I can encourage you, how you can be equipped by the, the watering, the seed planting that goes on from up here that Randy has done as he has surrendered more and more to God so wonderfully for us. Let's honor that as we move forward. Let's not move forward in fear and trepidation because that's not from our God. There are many warnings in our book as we look to what the gospel is about the preponderance of false teachings that we're going to be facing. Can't go into that. It's a whole other sermon, but if you're taking notes, Matthew 7, 15 through 20, Jesus addresses that. 1 John 4, John addresses that for the church. 2 Timothy 2, 4, just a few places where we're encouraged to keep the gospel as the center and the core, and that anything simply said that does not promote Jesus Christ, does not believe that he is exactly who he said he is, he came, he died for our sins, and he rose again, and he's the only way to the Father, is a false teaching. It's not about politics. It's not about our opinions. It's about God has called us all to be his children for his glory, the glory. For in the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Romans 3.22 Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. We live by our faith. 
A key verse for this church and going forward is, is Matthew 6.33. Seek God in his righteousness and then everything shall be added unto you. I can't tell you the times that I forget God's promises in my own life. And that's when I struggle. And that's when I'm not for moving forward. And that's when God cannot grow me up. I have one purpose here, to share the gospel. We have one mission, one commission from Jesus himself, and that's to make disciples. Now, God uses a lot of people and a lot of structure and a lot of order so that he can be in the middle of that and be glorified through that. But so often we stray because we think we can help him. It's his righteousness, folks. Make no mistake about it. But what a glorious thing. I wake up with peace like I never thought I could ever, ever, ever have because of what Jesus did. And, and, and not because I'm dedicated to doing these things of which his word directs us, but for whatever reason, I'm taking advantage of what he's making available to his believers, to his followers. When we do that, trust me, we are going to change. We're going to acknowledge that God had plans for us. His thoughts are not ours. His ways are not ours. Isaiah said that to the church so that we could hear that today. And yet our old man jumps up and says, yeah, but you know, I can help God. And he does it subtly. He comes like an angel of light. So if you're concerned about false teaching, you're concerned about going down a road with a popular figure, if that road doesn't lead to Jesus Christ, then reevaluate then know that that's not the teaching you should be following. If it's talking about prosperity, if it's talking about dog and pony shows, if it's promoting miracles over Christ, something's wrong. And God has given us his word to help us not be deceived. 2 Corinthians 3.9 says, If the ministry that brought condemnation was glorious... How much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? So our hearts spoke to us. God drew us. God provided the increase. God said to my son, I'm affording you salvation. And there's a narrow road that I can put you on so that I can be glorified by the plans I've had for you. I think that's kind of where choice comes in, folks. What are we choosing? But that ministry that brought about condemnation, that ministry that even now he's identifying, we can't ignore the evil that's occurring in the world today. Or if you can't, I don't even watch the news. And I'm very aware of the evil that's being produced in the world today. And we're seeing it. And God's saying, go back and read the Old Testament. Because when that evil manifested, I took care of it. And he'll take care of it again. And the believers moving forward will benefit from that. He tells us over and over again how we seek him and his righteousness. We will be rewarded by our dedication to his way. 
And that ministry of righteousness, how much more beautiful, how much greater is that? Spend some time. Romans 5, 1 and 2, we'll be looking at in a few months. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice, rejoice, rejoice in the hope of the glory of God Almighty. He's at work. Make no mistake about it. That last song I love, he's turning it around. If we're not doing the things seeking him, he leaves us to our, the consequences of our choices. But if we are, we can unite. We can unite with our brothers and sisters all over the world. We can unite through prayer. We can unite in God's purpose in our lives. We can unite in Christ and only in Christ. It's about 16 sermons in here, and there's so much more to be said. Pastor Randy will be speaking to these same verses. We will get an, an additional blessing on how God wants to speak to our hearts through these. But the message is not going to be any different It's Jesus Christ and him crucified. If you don't know that, but something is stirring in your heart, come up, pray with us. Simply confess your belief in Jesus. There's no more to it than that. We're here to pray with you after the service or any time. Final thought for today. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. Psalm 143, 10. Father, we we thank you, God, for moments, just moments in time, where you water and you plant seeds. And we hear the words, God, and we recognize and we acknowledge, Father, that only you can store our hearts. Lord God, I know myself many times that I I kneel before you and say, God, forgive me. And you say, I already have. Let us acknowledge the glory that is Jesus Christ. Let us believe in him that for eternity we might worship you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.